Welcome everyone to that special moment podcast where the process of life-changing decisions are discussed. I am Armand and today I have the pleasure to have on board Donna Krauss, a woman with artistic flair unlike any other. And don't take my word for it and have a look to her Donna Krauss Instagram account. She will explain to you in a minute why she decided to become a photographer with a flair for food. Without further ado, let's meet her. Donna, welcome to the show. Hi, Amar. How are you? Nice. Thank you so much for having me on the show. The pleasure is mine, and I'm very fine. I'm very pleased to have you on, on board. Tell me, uh, Donna, I have introduced you to the show, and I would like to know, in your own words, who is Donna Kraus? Who am I? Well, um, I, first, firstly, I'm a, I'm a wife and I'm a mum of two daughters. So my daughters are 23 and 19. Um, and then over and above that, I am a professional food photographer and stylist. Um, I, run, um, I run my studio, my food photography studio from home. And I photograph uh, cookbooks for my main clients, so actually American mm-hmm. clients. So um, I will receive a manuscript from the clients. I will then shop, cook, style, photograph, edit, and send them back a complete um, visual package of the book. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm, I'm based in the UK. My clients are based in the US. And so we work virtually that way. Um, and then over and above that, I do um, workshops for Nikon School of Photography in London and um, talks and that sort of thing for Nikon School. So, so yeah, so we have a good, um, yeah, so I have a good balance of quite a lot of food photography going on in my life. That's good. All right. So how did you decide to, um, to become a photographer? Can you explain a little bit more about uh, your development journey? Well, um, I moved from Cape Town, South Africa, to the UK about six years ago, almost six years ago. Mm-hmm. And um, while I was here, I was, you know, moving countries is quite a big traumatic sort of thing. And I didn't have a job when I, when I moved here. So I, um, I, I decided to start a blog, a food blog, um, just mainly because I love cooking. And my friends in South Africa were always emailing me, asking me for recipes. And uh, so I decided, all right, well, I'll have a central platform where my friends can actually just log on and go and um, find my recipes, Um, which then created a huge monster because I realized I couldn't share recipes that belonged to other people, you know, getting into it. So I realized I had to write my own recipes and then, of course, I had to photograph them. And um, so, so the whole journey sort of started with me developing this website. And during the process, I realized that I actually don't enjoy writing. <laughs> I enjoy the visual side of it, which is the photography side. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm terrible at writing and I don't enjoy it. I would sit down and I think, how would I even start this blog? Um, and I, and so for me, it was, for me, I really loved visual recipe blogs. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought, well, let me build up my photography skills. I am a natural creative. I have done art in the past. I um, painted a number of paintings. So, um, so that sort of comes more naturally to me. So yeah, it was just a natural progression. I then entered, um, my, my photography really sort of started to grow a bit of um, traction, particularly on Instagram. And I decided I would enter the Pink Lady Food Photographer of the Year competition. And thinking I was just a blogger, I wasn't actually a photographer. I don't know where you draw the line in the sand and say, all right, well, now suddenly I'm a photographer. Mm-hmm. Um, but I didn't feel that I was. But I still thought, well, I'll enter a couple of pictures and see what happens. And 
Yeah, I mean, I, I entered into the blogger category for Pink Lady. They've got a number of different categories, but blogger was the one I entered. And I was placed third that year. And from there, my sort of my blogging slash um, photography career really sort of started to take off. And then I turned professional about just over two years ago, uh, working full-time professional on the food photography side. It's very, uh, very interesting what you said um, about uh, your, your progression and the way you turn uh, professional. And uh, do you think, uh, um, looking back at your, um, at your, at the, at the process of becoming a professional f- a photographer and specifically choosing food, all right? Do you mm-hmm. think that uh, um, becoming a food photographer was made for you or you were? you were made uh, for, um, for becoming a food photographer. Oh, absolutely. And, you know, what's funny is I actually found some old pictures a couple of, a couple of weeks ago from, wow, from eight years ago, nine years ago, when I was still living in Cape Town. And mm-hmm. my husband had given me a, a gift of a six-week introduction into photography course at Cape Town School of Photography. Yeah. And... I found the pictures that I'd actually submitted for each um, sort of week of coursework and they were all food based. So <laughs> I think somewhere along the line, it was just, and because I'm such a foodie, I love food. I think um, food in Cape Town is a real culture. And um, so I think, yeah, I mean, the two just kind of fitted well. And to be honest, um, I think it's been, I I was really fortunate to get into the food photography industry at the time, because it's now really growing traction and becoming really popular amongst photographers, Uh, particularly now during lockdown. I know Nikon have been doing extensive food photography tutorials Mm and um, webinars and that sort of thing, because it's something you can actually do from home. Um, You know, you, you need very little equipment. You don't need to be out on a safari looking for wild animals or anything. So it's really easy to do from home. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, so thankfully my timing as when it came to the whole getting into the food photography industry also really made a big difference. Um, just being, being in the industry at the right time. I have to say I, um, you have published some of uh, the way that you are making your photograph, your food photograph. And I was uh, really, really surprised um, how, as you said, with simple uh, things, the, the kind of uh, extraordinary result you can achieve. So mm-hmm. this is really something fantastic. And uh, uh, looking at your Instagram feed, I mean, there is such a harmony in all the pictures that you publish. Uh, there is a, it's like, um, yes, it's like a piece of art and you're looking at uh, a picture and, and every single corner have a sense, uh, have a purpose and completes the wall. Oh, thank you. I like that. I like to hear that. That's good. That's great feedback. <laughs> and uh, looking you. at your uh, your Instagram account, I have uh, something which is very curious. I'm very curious about is um, you, you give it also the eighty um, twenty nutrition. Why is that? Well, that was the original name of my blog. So, um, so when I started my Instagram account, I was originally under the name of 8020 Nutrition. So, um, when I decided to change over, I feel that a photographer should be known for their name, 
and not for a business name or a blog name. Um, and so I felt that I, to really get my name out there, I had to come out from behind the curtains of 8020 Nutrition and really sort yeah. of change it. But I still needed people to ac- to be able to access me, which is where the which is why I kept the the link between the two. Um, the blog still does still exist. Unfortunately, I just have not had time to go into it and um, update it probably for about a year because I'm just so busy with so many other things. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is, yeah, it does still exist. So, so it's still there and people still go into it. It still gets um, a, a good, a good number of views on a monthly basis. Uh, t- tell me, um, how do you craft your own style? How, how that um, this Donna Cross specific style of photography became your voice? Because there is um, uh, really something which is, uh, uh, let's say, um, uh, a continuity, uh, a flow on what you're doing. You have a special, um, a special touch. Thank you. Um, to be honest, I think what happened was initially when I started, when I decided to up my game on the on the food photography side, I went for a course. I went for a workshop, and I spoke to, and I had a private session with the with the trainer of the workshop, mm-hmm. and. Um, I started to quiz him about working in London and working uh, working as a professional food photographer. And he basically, his response to me was, well, if you don't have a studio in London, you're never going to be able to work with clients because, you know, all the clients need to be able to access you. You need to be able to have teams available and you need to work from a professional studio in, in London. Mm-hmm. And I, to be I was devastated. I was really gutted. I thought, well, that's it. This is just not going to happen for me. Um, and my husband said to me afterwards, he said, you know what? You still enjoy taking the pictures. Just take them for your website. You know, that's what you wanted to do. Just keep taking them for your website, for your blog. And, um, you know, just continue doing what you want to do. So for me, I think my style, my personal style has developed because I didn't have anybody telling me how they wanted the images to look. And so I was able to kind of, without the pressure of dealing with clients and dealing with creative directors and all of that, I was able to grow a unique style that was entirely mine um, based on exactly what I wanted. That's very, um, that's the luxury to be that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I was very fortunate in that regard um, because I know that there are a number of food photographers or photographers out there who who haven't who do not have a unique style because they've done they've done so much across the spectrum of of working for other people mm-hmm. that is very difficult for them to hit a unique style. So initially, it was a big it was a big hit for me being told that. But you know, I, you know, I'm I've what I've learned was that I've actually been able to create a perfectly good business running from my home because um, I'm I'm forty I'm about forty five minutes out of London, mm-hmm. um, so I'm in the country and I've been able to do you know really create a, a full full functioning business um, running from home from my studio at home, so I was yeah so yeah good position to be in. Mm-hmm. All right, uh, and um, something very interesting that you say to me is that uh, 
you uh, you listen to your husband. So I maybe need to have a chat uh, with your husband in order to give me a few tips, <laughs> but I can apply in my own life maybe. <laughs> well, I think I think you always need a voice of reason, and I'm very fortunate with my husband because he does. He is my voice of reason. He's also my critical eye when it comes mm-hmm. to my work. So I'm very fortunate because he's able to say no. I don't think that image looks right. I think you should do this or that. So I'm really lucky that way. So. All right. Joke aside, um, when you think about the process, difficulty of um, becoming a professional photographer, and here I'm talking about uh, the perceived difficulty against the actual difficulty of Mm -hmm. uh, becoming a professional photographer. How was it? Well, I mean, one of the biggest hurdles I've had to overcome is as a professional photographer, you do not spend all your time photographing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I think that's what people need to understand is that's not what a professional photographer is. A professional photographer is a business owner. So -hmm. you have to really understand the, the ins and outs of running a business. You need to know financing you need to be you need to have negotiating skills you need to mm-hmm. there's so many different aspects to business as a photographer that I'm you know I've got to sometimes take my creative brain and put it away and try and put on a business brain or hat and you know try and function as a business person because you know there's so many aspects which I didn't actually realize I thought I'd just be photographing all day but it's not quite like that so my, most of my mornings are spent um, photographing unless it's a really tight deadline shoot um, and then my afternoons are spent answering emails and booking sessions and private mm-hmm. sessions and that sort of thing. So there's a number of different, yeah. So that I think is one of the things is people need to understand that there's so many different levels to being a professional food photographer. Mm-hmm. It's very funny what you you just said because um, I was uh, listening to an, in- an interview uh, made to David Yarrow, famous photographer, and uh, it said exactly the same thing. He said, I don't spend all year taking picture. It looks like, uh, if I remember well, he says it was one third of the year taking picture and the other two thirds were spent on um, promoting his heart and selling his art. Yeah, yeah. And that's the thing. I mean, you can't get too, I mean, as a photographer, you do get emotionally invested in your images. But at the same time, you you need to be able to step back. If you're not doing what the client wants, you need to, you can't take that personally and you can't say, oh, well, you know, they don't like me. They don't like my work. You've got to be able to say, all right, well, how do we correct this? What do you want? Let's get on the same page in terms mm-hmm. of a style, in terms of a look that you're wanting. So you can't, you, you can't take these sort of things too personally as well. You've got to learn to sort of emotionally detach yourself from your images so um, so that you don't so – you've got to become quite thick-skinned. I think that's probably what I'm looking to say. You do have to be quite thick-skinned to be able to, to take um, criticism. Uh, when you decided to be a, a professional photographer, was it a, um, a difficult decision to take or it was just a, a natural decision to take? No, it was – I mean, it, it was it was a little bit of both. So, um, you know, whenever you get given a big task that is way bigger than you could even comprehend, your initial reaction is sheer terror and sort of, no, I can't do that. <laughs> um, so, so, but, you know, at the same time, there, there were clients coming to me. People were wanting me to work for them. So I had to 
So, so I had to take these steps and suddenly think to myself, all right, you are now a photographer. And there's not just one day where I sat down and thought, right, today I'm becoming a food photographer. Mm-hmm. It kind of just happened because people were starting to ask for more work and um, my client base was starting to increase. And, you know, I was doing a lot of work free of charge and I was doing a lot of work for samples, for free samples or, you know, people mm-hmm. sending me products in the post. Um, and I think it was kind of roundabout there where I thought I need to actually start to monetize this and I really need to grow this as a business. But it wasn't one particular day where I, where I was right. Today I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a professional photographer. And I think for me, my biggest, um, my, my, my probably when it all started for me was my first book contract um, mm-hmm. where I where I suddenly realized that this was real, that this was something I could actually do as a profession. Is, is it difficult when you start like this, you don't have any point of reference to uh, to hit the right price, the range? Uh, it, always. Pricing. And photography is really hard because nobody really discusses what they charge. So um, it's really difficult to hit a, right, a, a, a price range. Um, I found with my book, the publishers contacted me and they said, um, we've got this book. Do you want to shoot it? And this is what you'll be earning. So that was easy enough. And I was very happy at that stage. Mm-hmm. I, so I said, yes, that's perfect. You know, and now I need to take into account how long it's going to take, how much the ingredients. And, you know, I've learned since then to sort of um, how to how to price myself accordingly. Um, but I don't have a set price range, you know. So somebody will send me a message on Instagram saying, how much do you charge for a shoot? And it's really difficult to cost. I mean, it depends on how many recipes, this, uh, the difficulty of the recipes, the ingredients that go into it, you know. So I've always got to hop on a call and, phone, you know, just chat to the client to say, well, what exactly is it that you want? Um, and then I can decide from there, you know, what I feel is a, is a fair price to charge. But generally, when I'm dealing with, um, with publishers and with publications, a lot of the time, uh, you know, I'm just, ha- uh, you know, I'll, I'm happy to take their set price. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, making you um, um, visible to the outside world, uh, mm-hmm. did it happen, like you said, that you just opened this Instagram account and then people were following you and um like you said before that uh, you thought after the first book that this was a real stuff did you thought uh, did you think <clears throat> after that experience you say okay now i have to uh, to make a bit of marketing to know my, uh to let know the people that i exist and this is what i'm doing and this is what i like to do yeah for sure i mean you know, um, yeah, I, so I started with Instagram. Um, the other thing I did was I joined a number of Facebook groups, and mm-hmm. um, which is how I found the first author. My, in fact, I, I did three books for her, um, Dr. Karen Lee. She's uh, based in New York. So she found me through Facebook. And um, we started chatting, and then she said, you know what, um, I'm really interested. I'm actually choosing a photographer today for my book. Would you be interested in submitting? So, so yeah, so, you know, it was through building connections that I actually found my first book deal. Um, yes, definitely marketing is involved. There is an element of marketing. And I think if you do want to become a photographer, you have to be able to put yourself out on a, on a virtual stage. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where, again, when I changed my name, 
from 8020 Nutrition to Donna Krauss because I felt that I, you know, if I wanted to build myself up as a name, I had to, I had to be approachable. Um, and yeah, I mean, there's still marketing involved. I mean, my Instagram account has grown. I've left my original images on my Instagram account from 2014, which are absolutely horrendous because I want people <laughs> to see how it's changed and how it's grown. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, you know, I think, yeah, I mean, for marketing, you definitely have to put the feelers out there. You've got to email publications. A lot of the time you don't hear back from them. Um, a lot of my clients do come through Instagram, um, you know, and then it's just establishing relationships. So it's making sure that the work that you do for a client is good enough that they return or you handle it correctly and you manage expectations properly that they come back to you. And so I'm really in a fortunate position that most of the clients that I, that I work for um, are our existing clients. So I, I'm really not out there looking for new clients because my existing clients keep returning. So I'm really fortunate that way. Mm -hmm. So this is a very good position to be in because if uh... – First of all, if a new customer wants to uh, step in, uh, uh, you have to like what you're doing, first of all, and you you can easily turn him down if he wants to, to make you uh, shoot something that you're, you're not familiar with, don't like to do, right? Absolutely. And, you know, there's nothing wrong with saying, no, that's not within my comfort zone. And that's one thing I had learned through this process. You know, originally I try and take on stuff that didn't really suit my style because it was work. Um, and I think, you know, it's important that you, your client understands that this is your particular style and this is the way I shoot. I mean, I can shoot the way – so for my publishers in the, in, in the U.S., I'll shoot it light and bright if that's what they want. It's not my comfort zone. It's not my natural instinct to shoot that way, but I can do it if that's what an author mm -hmm. would prefer. But um, generally, I'm really fortunate because my clients just will let me do – they say I have free reign and I'm able to do what I want to do in terms of my own styling. So I'm really fortunate like that. Um, yeah, so, yeah, it does make a big difference. Mm -hmm. uh, Donna, uh, preparing the – and help them so can you elaborate a little bit more about that please sorry you broke up there i didn't hear the question yeah uh where we were uh, preparing uh the podcast you told me that yes. you love working with new talent and helping them can you yes. elaborate yes. on that please um, I think because I'm a mum, I have this sort of natural nurturing instinct that I that I want to teach and that I really love teaching, and um, which is why I do so much with Nikon School of Photography. And um, I just, especially young, fresh talent, I love, and they don't have to be young in age. They can be young in a new a new career. Mm -hmm. um, and I just love working with people and seeing them grow. You know, for me, everything I know is self-taught. So they, I didn't have anyone I could contact to either mentor me or to give me any advice. Um, and I, and I know that there were many times when I wanted to pick up the phone and phone someone and say, how does this work? Mm -hmm. Um, so for me, it's really important that, you know, I try and make myself available to, to people on Instagram. I answer all the questions I can on Instagram because I really feel that, you know, if somebody's taking the effort and they really want to learn something that, you know, it's, it's, it's just in my instinct, it's just in my nature to, to help them. And, um, you know, I just love sharing. I love sh sharing my skills. That's why I show the behind the scenes pictures on Facebook, on Instagram, because I think it's important that people do get to see the behind the scenes and that I'm not, that I don't keep it all to myself and mm -hmm. don't let people into my world. 
So yeah, so for me, definitely nurturing new talent is just, it's, it's such a thrill for me. Mm-hmm. It's a need. Yeah. <laughs> well, my children have grown up, so I need to find something else to You need to, to find other children. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Other daughters and other sons. All right. Yeah, you spoke, exactly. Yeah. You, 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 you mentioned several times the Nikon School of Photographers. How did you become a, a photographer for Nikon? Um, I was, uh, through Pink Lady Food Photographer, I was invited to speak at the photography show in Birmingham in um three years ago i think and um and then i think nikon were looking for a a new style of photographer to to Mm -hmm. that they could introduce and um that they could get to add talks on their stage so it was through um so so my connection with nikon originally started with um pink with uh the photography show Mm -hmm. and they gave them they gave nikon my contact details and we got in touch from there and then from there, I started running their workshops in London um, and and teaching from that side. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Now, I'm very curious. You mentioned it uh, briefly during our talk. I would like to know, uh, what is more uh, difficult to overcome? Is it the fear of success or the fear of failure? Oh, for me, it's failure. Mm-hmm. Fear of failure, definitely. Um, I put so much pressure on myself to make sure that I don't let my clients down. Um, you know, success, I, I never started this to become a successful photographer. I think I started this to actually just keep, give people what they wanted. Um, and I, you know, for me, when I'm working on a book, I will give that author my heart and soul because, you know, that for me, that's, I, I don't want to let them down. So for me, it's, I will put so much more into making sure that I don't fail um yeah so it, it might be the wrong approach i don't know i don't know maybe some some psychologists out there may say that it's the wrong approach but <laughs> i think for me it's i i haven't gone seeking success so i didn't get in this to say oh i'm going to become a well-known photographer one day you know and i still don't feel that way i feel as if you know every client that i do is different every client's needs are different and i just need to make sure that everything i do is not about letting that client down and failing the client mm-hmm. very interesting uh, approach it looks like it happens like that naturally it ha- it happens despite yeah. of you yeah yeah for sure yeah and i think that's the thing i mean if you're not if you're not going in search of it um, you know, in search of say success and you're not starting it saying with, with a grand plan in mind, um, mm-hmm. you know, it can happen naturally and organically. Mm-hmm. I'm curious now for uh, knowing um, where did you find your self-confidence? Because you mentioned you have to, you're running a business, so you need to be confident. You need to be putting yourself out there and uh, when you put yourself out there, the, the ultimate uh, aim is to find uh, customers for, for mm-hmm. which you can express your artistic talent. Where did you find this self-confidence? Um, I, think I've, I, I think I've always sort of naturally been confident, particularly around my art and around my work. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's a difference between confident and overconfident. And... Um, I, so 
I, I, like I said, I shoot, I shot originally for myself. Mm-hmm. So when I was putting work on Instagram or when I do put work on Instagram, to be honest, I don't really care how many likes I get. I just mm-hmm. put it out there to share. So it's not about, um, so for me, my personal work, my portfolio work is just me sharing it with everybody else. And if you don't, if people don't like it, that's, you know, then they don't like it. Um, so it's, it's, for me, it's not about confidence. It's more just putting it out there and sharing and, um, yeah, and just not, not really taking, maybe I am a bit thick skinned, but on the other hand, I do sometimes get upset with some, with some things. So yeah, I think it's just having confidence in, in the actual work that you're doing and that you're happy to share, you know? Mm-hmm. Can you tell me how important is it to be surrounded by the the right people? Oh, massively important. I mean, we mentioned earlier my husband and he is he is a major support network for me because even sort of my first book when I got the contract, mm-hmm. um, I just said to him, there's no way that I can do this. I can't, I can't shoot a book. I mean, like I've never done this before. I didn't even know what a shot list was. I had to Google what a shot list was. I mean, <laughs> terminologies that I was getting, I had no idea what they were. And he just said to me, you know, take a minute, breathe. You've got this. Like you can actually do this. And between all of us and in my family, mm-hmm. we can all do it and we can do the shopping and we can wash the dishes. We can do whatever needs to be done, but you can do this. Mm-hmm. And so, so sometimes you do need that voice of reason in the background and it doesn't matter who it is. You just need to sometimes have somebody who say, you can say, okay, step back. You can do this. It's, it's, it's okay. You know, and, and also, I, I mean, on a technical side, um, you need someone who can give you advice on your images. So, I mean, I'm a member of a camera club and um, we have monthly competitions. So I'm able to submit my images into the competitions and see how the external judge who doesn't know any of us, how they judge it. So I get a mm-hmm. constructive criticism on my images from someone who doesn't know me, who doesn't have a clue who, um, you know, who shot the image. And, um, and then I can get the feedback and the, and the criticism that way. So I think on a professional level, it is a re- it's really, really good to be able to get um, criticism on your work um, and have, have, a voice, have, have a voice speaking to you through your work and telling you what you're doing wrong or what could be changed or how, you know, ways you can maybe grow or correct things. Mm-hmm. What is the number one advice that you would be giving to someone who would take up photography or just would want to... Uh... A step up his game or her game? Definitely shoot regularly. I mean, it, it, you know, I used to, when I, when I was doing it as blogging and, I, and it wasn't monetized, I would treat it as a job and I would get up every single day and I would shoot and mm-hmm. I would photograph, even if I didn't do anything with those pictures. Because, um, you know, it's really about learning your camera, understanding your light, understanding your placements and that sort of thing. So there's a, so many factors that go into it. And, um, and it's just being so comfortable with all of those factors that, and, and that takes time and that takes practice. And I think if you want to, if you want to become a good photographer, um, you know, you need to shoot every day. And even, even now I find that every single time I shoot something, I learn something. So it's just being open-minded, prepared to learn and just try and take in as much as you possibly can and do as much as you can. Um, yeah, you know, just learn, watch YouTube tutorials or whatever to just try and grow that skill. I understand. The never-ending story, right? 
It is always. And you just, you, you can never say you know it all because you just don't. I mean, there's never, like, it's just a constant big wheel of, of learning. All right. Now, tell me what it is like to be Yudona. <sighs> well, you know what? What is it like to be me? Are you, are you asking about how my, how my days are or are you asking? Okay. Well, let me just say I'm living the dream. If, if, if that's the right, if that's the answer you're looking for. I mean, I'm really fortunate with where I am at the moment mm -hmm. and I, and I love getting up every day and I love photographing every day. And, um, you know, I, like, like I said, my children have moved out of home. Well, they haven't moved out of home, but they've, they've grown up and they're self-sufficient. And, mm -hmm. and I think for me, this is just such an exciting time to be redeveloping myself into, an, into another area um, and growing in that area. And just, um, yeah, so being me at this stage, I'm very happy with it. You know, I'm living the dream. That's a very comfortable position to be in. Definitely. Yeah. Tell me, Adana, is there a topic uh, you would like to share and uh, that is close to your heart that we haven't touched so far in the show? Um, I, think, I think what we haven't really... We, I have mentioned a change in careers, but I, I think what's really close to my heart is that um, there's a lot of people out there who are, who are trying to decide whether they should change a career. Now, you know, mm -hmm. I'm 47 years old and, and this is a new career for me, but... It, And, and it's a big step. And, and I think the older you get, the tougher it, be, it becomes. But, you know, sometimes you've just got to do it. You've just, you've just got to, you know, take the bull by the horns and, and, and make that change. Um, you know, as terrifying as it is, um, it's, it's been the best thing that I ever did. And I think for a lot of women particularly, if you've been a homemaker and you've been at home and you don't feel that you are, have any worth because you've been bringing up children, Um, you know, there are, there are definitely options and it's just about keeping your mind open and wanting to learn new things. Um, so yeah, for me, definitely, I think it's about changing career or starting something new from scratch at a, you know, at a later stage. It's very interesting what you say, because yesterday I had uh, Serge Ramelli, which is also a photographer, and he told me that uh, it changed completely career at 40 years uh, old of age, so... It was yeah. uh, something very, but uh, uh, difficult for him to uh, not to do. He was uh, yeah. he spent too many, spent too many years doing what he wasn't um, meant exactly. to be doing in this life. So, very interesting what exactly. you said. I mean, my future, my my past before I before I became I stopped working to, to bring up my children. But before that, I was in banking, which is a totally different career to what I should actually have been in. Um, <laughs> and you know. And I knew that when I stopped working, I wouldn't go back to it because it was just, it wasn't a career that was right for me. And um, so when my, my children reached the age where they were self-sufficient and I sort of started to think, well, I need to, I need to do something for, for myself now. I looked at it and I thought, well, what am I going to do? You know, the, which is where, kind of where the blogging came in and all of that sort of just started to happen at the same time. Um, and, and yes, you know, I think, I, I think you do, The older you get, the more technology can be terrifying. Mm -hmm. um, but you've got to be prepared to watch those YouTube tutorials and just try and not be scared of technology and and grow with the technology. Um, you know, with 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 what the twenty year olds are doing. Mm -hmm. um, you can't you can't run away from that. Mm -hmm. That's very interesting as well. Uh, what you said because 
uh, normally people will say, ah, I don't, uh, I don't understand technology. It's something it's uh, not for my generation or things like that. It's more excuses than anything else, right? Absolutely. And, you know, I also, I also say to people, especially if I have a client and they want me to do something and they, I have to say, I don't know how to do that. If you can talk me through it, that's, that's great. Otherwise I can look it up on YouTube, but just understand, you know, I'm, I'm not, I'm, it's not my comfort zone, but I will, I'll, I'll look into being able to do it. And then, so it's okay to say that you don't know how to do it. There's nothing wrong with that. People don't, people don't think, oh, you know, you, you're silly now. You don't know what you're doing. <laughs> um, and I think if you're open and honest and you say, this is new to me, I've never done it before, but I'll give it, I'll give it my best shot. People really relate to that and they really, they prefer that. Mm-hmm. Very true. Tell me now for the people listening to us, um, where they can find information about you or where they can hire you. Um, my website is www.donnacrouse.com and, um, so my portfolio is there and there's a, there's a page through to, um, inquiries for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also I'm very active on Instagram. So also Donna Kraus on Instagram and, um, you know, people can always send me a message and I can either send them my, I, I can send them onto my, to an email address or just chat to them via Instagram. So So yeah, so either of those two really are probably the best bet. Good. Thank you very much, uh, Donna. You know, I love to speak to individuals, uh, particularly the ones who help inspire people to improve their life. So I thank you for me because it was really a special moment to have you on the show. So I wish you the best. Thank you so much. Thank you. And I really hope that, you know, if there is anybody out there that maybe is on the fence, that maybe this talk will really help them. And I, I really hope, then, then, my, then my job is done. Then my day is made. If somebody can connect to this and, you know, feel inspired to try something new. And mine as well. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Bye-bye My now. pleasure. Bye. Thank you.